Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rock and roll. Every few years, rock and roll becomes the big enemy, doesn't it? Like this Judas Priest trial. Did you follow this? You know the story? Two kids, big fans of Judas Priest, listened to this album and then went out and killed themselves, and the parents sued the band Judas Priest. Okay, first of all, two kids, big fans of Judas Priest commit suicide. Wow. (laughs) Two less gas station attendants in the world. want to sound cold or anything but uh we didn't lose a cancer cure here uh we're here talking with rob halford from judas priest and uh these are the metallian masks that uh, do come in evolution already talking about maybe um developing it into certain other areas possibly uh movies or we were talking about the equivalent these could be the equivalent of uh, Judas Priest cabbage patch doll, dolls. <laughs> I couldn't believe this. So adorable. A doctor Italian. <laughs> Listening to the Cobras and Fire Podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network. This week, we are the defenders, not just of underage drinking. No, we go deep on the Judas Priest 1984 classic, Defenders of the Faith. Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the faithful Loose Cannon. Loose, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. As always, I am dedicated to you fully. <laughs> You've always been anything. a defender of mine, haven't you? I have. Yeah. And uh, and I've also been an of the. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get the of the because you gave me the ampersand a while ago. That is true, yes. Yeah, so now you're the uh, defender of the faith. So Yes! So you might have guessed it possibly from the actual title of the episode. <laughs> so at least a while back, we did Def Leppard Hysteria, and it was just kind of one of those 
I think we talk about it on the show one of those like epiphanies that hit me while I was doing chores at home that my wife assigned me. Uh, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of kick it back to you. Like if if I threw it to loose, what record would he want to do? And you came back with Defenders of the Faith. Fabulous choice in my opinion, but why? Well, quite simply, it was inspired by your KK Downing interview, and hmm. you know, um, I've actually I've actually been thinking about that we should do Judas Priest something. At okay. some point in the show, it's kind of one of the the, the big the big bands we've never really jumped into. Besides your your interview, you know what Correct. I mean? Oh? Yeah, I know. Okay, so that's pretty much it. And, and you know, I picked Defenders of the Faith because I actually have only heard it this year. I've never heard of heard oh, one or two right. songs from it. Yeah, we actually talked about that about a year ago. Whenever around the time, like, what should I check out? And I'm like, well, I love Defenders. Yeah, and then I started jumping into a lot of their catalog. Um, much more recently than than you. You want to just kind of tag that real quick, like kind of our history? Yeah, actually, Defenders is uh, my gateway entry into Judas really? Priest. Now, I had heard, like, Breaking the Law and Living After Midnight, that kind of stuff. But the first record I got was a Christmas gift from my stepsister. One of the few nice things she ever did for me was buy me this. And when I tell <laughs> that, that whole paper out story, this is the cassette I was listening to when I was, you know, walking to my through my paper out in a blizzard. And my paper out was <laughs> eight blocks away from my house. So I got to listen to this thing a couple times. And by the time I got home, my batteries were dead and I needed to put it in my little boom box in my in my bedroom. But I love this record. Uh, it probably is still, oh boy, it's definitely in my top five, probably top two or three. Uh, but but that's how it, everything happened after that for me with Priest. Uh, I now, was never, ever as big into them as like, say, Kiss or Sabbath or Danzig or Slayer or all those bands that I've, I've chimed about. But this is kind of that next group, you know, and uh, and they're definitely in there. Now, were you one of those shithead paper boys that threw it like halfway on the lawn? <laughs> no, actually, I was that shithead paper boy that showed up at like eight or nine in the morning. You know, like well, oh, you were late. Yeah. <laughs> other than other than school days, but when you wanted that Sunday paper, yeah, you're getting it just around ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I actually got fired from my paper route after about a year and a half, and that was about. Ah, uh, 17 months too late. I, I can't believe they gave me as much room as they did. <laughs> the day you're giving, you're giving people the news when it's actually <laughs> the old. Oh, I can tell you some horror stories that I, that, of bullshit I pulled. But uh, yeah, for hey, look, for a year and a half, it subsidized my music addiction. So what about you? I, I mean, you, you, you kind of tipped your hat, I, and I know a little bit, but let, let the listeners know. Uh, how did you come into Priest so late? I mean, you, this is definitely in your genre of love. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but I'll just keep this brief. And that is, during the 80s, I just thought Jewish priests were kind of goofballs. You know, the, from the their videos, and they just didn't look like the Motley Crews and, breaking the and things law, like that. Breaking the yeah. law. And, and also, there's an age difference. You know, they hit in like the 81, 80, 82 zone, and I came in about 87. So that's that's the other part, too. And that's when Turbo and all this other stuff. So in, in summary, I just never owned a Judas Priest album until the last five or six years when I got Screaming for Vengeance and then British Steel and all those those uh, albums then went back and forth, and Spotify, uh, you know, opened up the whole Pandora's box of Priest, and I really got a, a much higher appreciation for them, and then you know, and, and sealed it off with seeing them live this year. But before we jump into the whole album, uh, you had a few things you wanted to mention, correct? A little uh, tear shed for ear peeler. I, I know uh, 
anybody that follows Ear Peeler or listens to the show knows a little bit about Ear Peeler. But uh, basically, Ear, Ear, Ear Peeler is coming to an end. So uh, Victor Ruiz, who runs Ear Peeler, has, has been a big uh, advocate for podcasts in general. And I, look, I understand everything. He's got a big explanation. If you want to go check out the Ear, Ear Peeler Facebook page or even earpeeler.com, you can find out the whole thing. But it's sad to see it come to an end, Vic. But uh, thank you for all your work. But he's going out with a bang. Boom. Why don't you break that down? Yeah, it's like uh, I, I, he should have actually like, found a way to like milk this into March and do like a March Madness tournament. You know, Ooh, uh, but yeah, he's cool. got like basically. Uh, 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 a March Madness type bracket going of podcasters where we're, we are pitted against each other and we have yes. to compete with fan uh, voting. Uh, uh, and my God, I, I mean this 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 really you know this this is the kind of thing that resonates with me. I love it because uh, we're gonna lose and we're definitely. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's fun and and I think his overall uh, goal was was. Definitely uh, met with me. Uh, we we went up uh, in the first round, and boy, did did we kick some ass, loose. We kicked some ass. I guess the show named after a Ron Keel uh, record, "Right to Rock." Uh, I've never heard uh, of it, but I did check them out, and I thought it was pretty good. Exactly. So I'm gonna. T- can I jump in there? Of course. That's why I'm okay. talking to you. Perfect. So this the Matt kind Hold of on. describes. No, you can't. Just kidding. Oh, w- do we just get another call that we, we have to pull the episode again? <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah. Why does this keep happening live? <laughs> it's, sound, it's like, it's like the, the uh, uh, NSA is listening via SoundCloud. You know what? Fuck it. You, you, you go. Oh, thank goodness. Man, it's so hard just to do a show these days. But yeah, man. So in short, you know, I threw up a post on our on our page and that was... Uh, the whole point of this is to introduce everybody to other podcasts. Doesn't matter if we're probably going to lose next round, or yeah, because we, we make up it, against what uh, Michael Butler and the Rock and Roll Geek Show. Uh, geek Show, yeah. So it's pretty much going to be. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much dead. <laughs> I looked at that. I, I pulled the bracket. I'm like, motherfucker. But I, but I was the, happy that we had a first round matchup that I thought we had a chance. I didn't think we'd run yeah, away with it like yeah. we did. But but again, the whole thing is not. Did we win? Did we not? I, I've saw some comments out there about this is a terrible idea. I'm like, seriously, what is going on with people's thought process? Because again, you just said you checked out that podcast, mm-hmm. and I, I checked also out- checked out who Decibel Geek dominated. Uh, um, dig your dig something, dig it up or something. Dig it up. Yeah, I've checked that out, and they did a review of Local H's uh, Pack Up the Cats. Yeah, they also my- did a, a Kiss in the '90s episode, which I listened Ooh. to. I did not hear that yet. But but again, look at that. It was actually very good. Features uh, Julian Gill. Oh, cool. You should still listen. The median of podcasters. <laughs> Physical median. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. It's, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. If anybody, if, everybody's going to lose except for two. <laughs> so who cares? Well, except for one, actually, right? Oh, yeah. I guess that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, so who cares if you don't make it to the final round? I actually think Rock and Metal Combat are going to run on the table. They have the, they definitely have the biggest, uh, I don't know, what do you, what do you want to call it? A diehard fan base of them. We have listeners, they have fans. Well, also, uh, that I'm sure that Ian and, and uh, Dr. Fuck will also arrange some kind of bribery through their fans to pay <laughs> off people to vote. Because they, they, they demand the most, you know, they get the most donations for uh, the expo and everything like that. So just, yeah. just translate it into, you know, there'll be like 10,000 votes. Or 
You know, three sides. Oh, I don't think three sides is in it. But no, actually, if, uh, three sides is uh, entire audience voted and they lost by 86 <laughs> percent. I was going to say they could make it. No, as long as no they robots just... are allowed to vote in this thing. So they, oh, lost, they got their ass kicked. Right. Yeah, I got you. They don't have the reverse captcha. Like we talked and about. Eddie Trunk apparently didn't hear about it because I'm serious. That guy can just send out one tweet. Hey, vote for me. And he would bury everybody in this just just because of, you know, his. The size of his audience. Let's, let's Percentage wise. A little little respect to that anyway. So anyway, anything else you want to talk about? No, but let's, uh, let's give a quick reminder to people that they can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cobra's Fire. Uh, where apparently you can no longer leave a rating, but you can give us a thumbs up or something like that. Uh, you can also do us a solid by giving us a positive iTunes review. That always helps. And we are also now on Twitter. And again, I, I, I say it every week, but every week we are slowly growing. So uh, you can find us at, at Cobra's Fire. And if you haven't checked out Podchaser, which is a wonderful website, which makes it super easy to uh, listen to and leave us negative reviews, do so and leave us a rating <laughs> there as well. Uh, everything helps. Uh, and I hear you have a review you'd like to share this week, Luz. I do. You can review the... Each episode individually, as we mentioned before, too. And if you want to go through 50 and just give them all one star, whoever you are, um, you can do that, too. But can I give you one that's related to the show real quick? Just one? Yes, you can. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So the lady named Patty, so just proof we have uh, uh, female listeners. uh, She said, hey, hold on. It could be Patty. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's true. But let's say she, she says, and this was just five days ago, it says, I discovered this show recently after listening to the KK Downing interview. Oh, See that connection? Nice. Yeah. Uh, I have just started going through the back episodes. I've gotten through six so far. Funny, rock-centric humor and plenty of questionable advice for silly life situations. <laughs> That's what we're here for, Patty. Yeah. So far, it's been a fun escape. The two hosts are likable and self-deprecating. Oh. Absolutely drink, and the Time You Leave Father's Day episode were my favorites. Keep it up. I look forward to working my way back to your first show. I and do not recommend working Stop at about episode back. 40. <laughs> yeah, stop at 40. <laughs> but, uh, all right, that's all I got. Let's get into some fucking breeze. When you were a horrible paper boy and you were <laughs> listening to this album on your headphones, did you imagine the Metallion, a ram horn, tiger-like land assault creature with Gatling guns and tank tracks when you were uh, zipping not around? Not when I was delivering papers, but during church, uh, as, as an after-hours <laughs> stuff happened, uh, I you're, thought you're, about that, yeah. You were writing it on the back cover of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, the hymnal. Yeah. You know, you should also, I'm not sure, do you know the backstory of the Metallion, if I could? It's just, it's just two lines. But, but again, the, uh, the Hellion and the, and the uh, Metallion have backstories, if I may. Yeah, the Hellion, what you're referencing, is from uh, uh, Screaming for Vengeance. Yes, right. let the listeners know what the artist. Yes, so Doug Johnson, who also did the, the cover for Screaming for Vengeance, here's the backstory, and that is. And Turbo. Rising. Huh, what? And Turbo. Ooh, he, he got gainfully employed by Judas Priest, I must yeah. say. Is that when he ended, or did he keep going, old Dougie uh, Johnson? I think it ended with Turbo, yeah. Okay, most things did. So, uh, 
<laughs> Rising from darkness where hell hath no mercy and the screams for vengeance echo on forever. Only those who keep the faith shall escape the wrath of the battalion. Master of all metal. Who has a backstory of a graphic? Judas Priest does. Yeah, it's you'd almost think it was a concept record. But because it came out on CBS or Columbia... There's almost nothing to look at other than the cover and the front, the back cover. <laughs> yeah. Just on the tape, I'm they sure. They were the worst at like packaging, right? It's like, especially their cassettes. It was like just that one little J card with nothing on the inside, no notes, no production. Not until the late '80s. It was always just like, ah, here it is, as cheap as we can make it. Enjoy. Yeah, but both this, the screaming for vengeance, and this one, they both look like. Uh, you know, what a ten-year-old would scribble on their notebook during during study hall in a cool way. Like it's I was like, what, say, what, this what? is definitely <laughs> uh, this is more like uh, some kind of art school deviant. Uh, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool cover. I mean, this one's I definitely like screwing for vengeance better. This guy has a really odd mouth. Oh, I like this one better. <laughs> he looks like he's actually coming down from like uh, uh, the Academy Award stairs. Yeah, like, uh, I got a feeling that if they switched the yellow uh, background with the black background on the two covers, I would yeah. say scream, screaming was better. But no, uh, this is this is also my entry to Judas Priest, so I'm a little biased on the record. But no, sure. much better record cover. I, I I love that little weird robot tank uh, metallion thing. Uh, <laughs> it is cool. I mean, all three of these just say heavy metal community. Don't you say? <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> No, not, not the heavy metal community, but the metal community. Did you also know that uh, this came out in what, 84, right? Mm-hmm. This was actually the cover for the the, the 84th thesaurus. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, metallion was a word they found in the, in the thesaurus. It was a word that means uh, metal tiger. <laughs> Amazing. Hold on. I, I'm, moving, I'm moving my adjustable height desk down because I'm cool. Hold on. You hear that? Ooh. It's not a it, vibrator. It sounds like the intro to Turbo. Oh, it does actually. I wonder if they just. I wonder if they just recorded my desk. Yeah. Judas Priest: Defenders of the Faith was, uh, of course, aptly titled after listening to it. Uh, it was released on January fourth, nineteen eighty four, which would have made me, I think, I was seven. Uh, okay, I was 10. Okay, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I was born in 1970. Oh, shit, I almost gave out the, d- the date of my birth. <laughs> you don't scrape my data, people. Oh, my Lord. Like, I, So it had to be Christmas 84 that I got this, almost a year later uh, when I was okay. walking my paper out. But, yeah, opening this little cassette underneath the uh, the natural Christmas tree in the Bakken household uh, it, back then, that was pretty cool. I, I And I guarantee you, it came from my stepsister, who has otherwise been a, a very thoughtless person in my life. <laughs> not a listener, I assume. Uh, I hope not, but, I, well, I guess I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean they, they cranked out some albums in that that uh, four year period. I mean it was you know British Steel eighty, Point of Entry eighty one, which is kind of like their lost album. Yeah, um, Screaming for Vengeance eighty two, and that was like in summer. And then Defenders of the Faith, like you just said, right in the beginning. So it's you know just like what a run. I yeah, I mean like sixteen, you know, less than a year and a half. You know the thing is like I, I think my biggest problem with. Uh, British Steel is that it's not as good as its reputation because it's actually a very good record. I think Breaking the Law and Living After Midnight are iconic 
uh, metal metal rock songs for a reason. They deserve that title. They're just, it's like rock and roll night with Kiss. Right, but you know, but you know what you what does not deserve that title? Fucking United, and you don't have to be old to be wise. And uh, <laughs> well, mostly United. That song is a, an abomination. So that might have been the first play the record in order show I ever saw. By the way, was the Ooh, British Steel 30th boy. anniversary tour? And I'm like, really? oh, please don't play the whole record. Oh my God, you're going to. <laughs> I know, because they. Uh, I guess I'm looking at this thing. I mean, I I think those are the only two weak links for the most part. I like the Rage. I like Steeler. No, it's a good record, and I I, I prefer Point of Entry. But I, honestly, I mean, they hit their peak with Screaming for Vengeance and Defenders of the Faith. I say that yeah. knowing that Turbo is my favorite record by these guys. I think. But if you think about Unleashed for the East too in '79, that whole run, like from '79 to to this album, yeah, if you can say it's not that live too, but but. Uh, but it's still spectacular. You got those great covers on it too. I, I know we're going sideways, but I mean, who knew that the, the green Manalishi with a two prong crown could ever be a great hard rock song? The first time I heard the title of that song, someone jokingly said, a friend of mine said, "The green Manalishi with a two prong dong," and, <laughs> and I still hear it that way forever. And I, I almost think I like it because of that, like. Cause like when I saw, I saw them just before you did this year, and like when it's like when it's like. Tasha the green man, she was a two prong dong. Two prong dong, yeah. <laughs> it's like Beavis and Butt. Yeah, exactly. I'm just that idiot going the two prong dong. Yeah, isn't that like a Fleetwood Mac tune or something? Yeah, it's from it's 1970 before they're you know whatever. But the but Manalishi, what the fuck is a Manalishi? Can you say it what it is right now? No, it, a, it, well, all I know it has two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> the Manalishi is a maybe that should have been what their next cover. <laughs> so the Italian, it's just the Manalishi. The backstory is it is a creature with two dicks. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. No one can spare the Manalishi's two pronged dicks. I, and as we go through this album's lyrics, that might have been something that could have been a subject of this album. Well, the record opens with, I don't know, a, a fucking pretty killer track that I think was, oh, pretty emblematic of what Priest was doing the last couple of records, and that's Free Will Burning.
All right, Paco, you know, obviously there's the iconic Hillian intro going into Electric Eye on the previous album, which which uh, you would say there's a, at least, you know, there's a lot of parallels between this and Screaming for Vengeance, right, as far as the formula? Well, this, uh, I don't know if, you, if you've heard it, but if you hadn't, you've heard it now when this episode comes out, because I'm going to intro the, the entire episode with uh, the original intro to Free Will Burning, which is like Ooh. a kind of a dual guitar lead buildup. Um, that it w- was only released on the 12-inch single for this song. And, really? yeah, um, kind of a cool thing. Um, I don't see a connection to this in the Hellion at all. Uh, uh, there are some parallels to this record going through, but this is almost speed metal. This is almost like the, like the part of Judas Priest that influenced uh, a little bit of Thrash, even though Thrash was already going at this point. But you know how, like, you know, Slayer or Metallica will talk about Priest you know, back in the day, being the band oh, yeah. that got them going, or Maiden, I think they actually hit some thrash on this record for the first time. And this this song is one of those tunes. It it's not a thrash song. I'm not that. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying you can see the connection, like the leap from this to a thrash song. Okay, but like you said, that so there was a version that was kind of more Hellion. I'm just saying that they had the little Hellion and Electric Eye, pretty much. I can't really separate. You can't separate. No, yeah, I agree. They're one song. That's why I don't think it's that similar. One, it doesn't have the intro. Like right. it doesn't have the Hellion intro. But it did. And it doesn't really. You're well, telling me that one version had, that was their kind of. Like, they probably didn't do that because there was so much similarity. But you're saying that there. I was I think they one cut it out because it wasn't that great. Uh, oh, but okay. uh, you, you, you be the judge. Uh, it's it's nowhere near as uh, dramatic or drawn out as the Hellion. Sure. Uh, it they just cut it kind of. I think for brevity's sake, uh, it, that's my gut feeling. But free wheel burning does not sound anything like Electric Eye to me. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that that, that there's songs that are ripoffs of other songs from the previous one. Anyway, I, from the production and things like that, I just think there's similarities in a good well, way. Well, the production like, was you know, the same producer, Tom Allen. Who? Well, when did he jump in? Uh, just before uh, British Steel, right? With uh, stained class or something like that, you you know the facts. I don't know the facts. Well, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm probably wrong, but let's just leave it there. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We'll go with it again. It's know, like a turd on a sidewalk. You can step in it or you can walk around it. That makes no sense when it, when, in reference to facts, but I'll, I'll 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 go with your analogy and say it does. Yeah, it, yeah. Perfect. Oh my god! But anyway, so <laughs> what I'm saying is they obviously had their biggest success with Screaming for Vengeance. So why fuck with that formula that much? Is all is all I'm saying in a, in a good way. You know, like this is kind of like Creatures and Look It Up, their sister albums. Agreed. Okay. Okay. We, we at least agree on that. So, but yeah, this is a, a, a killer song. The the, what do you think about the whole Tipton and KK uh, Downing solos throughout this record? You know, I've never been a guy that like went back and said which is which. You know, well, no, I don't know. Was somebody on the left and somebody on the right, or was it first and second? Did they no, they like, don't do that. The solos don't pan from left to right unless they're like you know at certain points. So it's not always KK on the left and, and Glenn on the right. Uh, but do they have a do they do they have an order? Like you know, it's him. They first and- they, they they typically list it. You know, oh, a, a lot of bands do that. You know, so you go okay. into the liner notes, and then you say, "Oh, this lead break goes here, and then there, and then there." Uh, okay. I, I can tell you from reading uh, KK's book that it, it, this was full on during the uh, era of K, what KK describes as Glenn trying to 
minimize KK's uh, role in, in in the band. Mm, okay, so they had they had tension even back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird okay. because there's a lot of a lot of space between then and when KK left. But yeah, it it was actually the tension starts further back in the book between those two. Wow. They were not buddies. Huh. Yeah, a lot of anger. Uh anger's probably too strong a word, but tension. Uh, definitely tension, yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's get to the next one because I have a working Did you know what the working title for the track 2 was? Go ahead. Blast me jizz. <laughs> That's pretty much what I had too. So we'll go with that. Any other working titles you heard for Jawbreaker? I'm not sure what the song is about, Luis. Uh it, it's called Jawbreaker. There's a lot of pressure building yeah, up. Yeah, um, but the the lyrics open up with uh, "Deadly as the viper peering from its coil, <laughs> the poison there is coming to the boil, mm-hmm. ticking like two. Uh, this is weird. Ticking like two time bomb. The fuse is running short, uh-huh. on the verge of snapping if it's caught. All the pressure that's been building up for all the years that it, <laughs> this is the best part. For all the years, it's bore the load. <laughs> <laughs> the cracks appear. The frame starts to distort, ready to explode. Jawbreaker! God, I love that vocal. It sounds like he's bra- basically breaking somebody's jaw with his like a geyser wad of sperm. <laughs> I was like, I was listening to I'm like, at first, I'm like, uh, I actually think the work, working title for this was actually Gobstopper. Gobstopper, yeah. <laughs> Those are amazing. Those actually did break oh your jaw. Oh, my God, yeah. The, the working title was Mean Girls Was Taken. <laughs> All I know is that, uh, oh, that, that's pretty good. I like that. little jawbreaker reference, movie reference. It took yeah. me a second. That was like a little grenade. A little Baco grenade. <laughs> a Bach bomb. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this, and the first, I think I, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. But then when you listen to the lyrics, you're like, is this guy actually saying he's just like basically like a fire hose blowing this guy's head off? You've always been more of a, a, a guy, I got to imagine, that actually sat and broke down lyrics. I, I learned them and listened to them. I really didn't really digest them too much. Honest to God, I thought Love Gun was about like some like modern day, you know, like Cupid. You know, I didn't really invest that much into it until I got much older. And I sure as hell didn't break down what the fuck Jawbreaker was about. <laughs> well, all I know is that the first thing I heard, uh, this the first pass was the whole the pressure building up. I didn't hear bore the load. That is amazing. But 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 this is one of my. I love the chorus on this, the vocals, the the solo. This is a kick-ass motherfucking Judas Priest song.
Yeah, as soon as Jawbreaker ends, you realize this is a one, two, three donkey punch, and that is <laughs> the next song, Rock Hard, Ride Free, which is just pretty much an excuse to solo like just a boss all over this song. What are your thoughts on this song? This might have been the first song that grabbed me on my paper route. Uh, like, yeah. like, oh my God, this is this is my new band. Is kind of probably what happened when I heard this. But uh, uh, this song was actually originally written uh, around eighty one, eighty two for Screaming for Vengeance, huh. and, and it was called Fight for Your Life. version of this song. <laughs> uh, and you find out why they didn't use it then and why they did use it when they did. Go go look up, uh, if you're listening, Judas Priest, Fight for Your Life on YouTube. What's the name of it again? Fight for Your Life? Fight for Your Life. Yeah, I think Sonny Pune gave that an, an A-. <laughs> yes, yes. You dig this tune, right? And and you, uh, it's it's kind of surprising because it sounds like you dig it for the guitars. Um, Why? Why is that surprising? Because you're kind of a melody rock guy, and you're not a musician. I'm just saying, like, typically, like, when, when you know, a song gets kind of wank-happy on guitar stuff, people Oh, who... no, 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 no. That, that's a silly, insulting thing to tell me. But the, uh, what you're good at. But the main I'm trying main to look thing down about... at you right now. Oh, sure, you can. Yeah. All the time. Everybody does. But the, the, the main thing about not this song the people song at Witch is... Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Another random. Uh, go back on the uh, check out the catalog, but 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 going back to this, like you know, I was really surprised they didn't release this as a single because it's super catchy, just a trimmed down version. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I would have put this way ahead of uh, this would have been the lead single if I was up over over a free wheel burning. Right, because that's not exactly a radio friendly hit. But uh, do you know what the working title for Rock Hard Ride Free was? I do not. What was it? It was Ride My Throbbing Unsheathed Shaft. <laughs> but that was hard to throw in a chorus, so yeah. they changed it. Okay, okay. So, and that, that must have been somewhere between Fight for Your Right and Rock Hard Right. It was in the development stage. Yeah, it went from yeah. just a three-word title to a <laughs> five-word title. But you know how hard it is to, to, to rhyme or, or uh, the staccato of Unsheathed. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, what do you, you do? You want to get into some of the lyrics in this fucking please? Thing? That was that was my segue. It opens up with <clears throat> get a good for my action. <laughs> Sorry, I'll actually just you read them instead of uh, trying to halford them up here. Get a get a grip on the action, moving mm-hmm. heaven and earth. Oh. Gotta get a reaction. Nice. Push for all that you're worth. No uh, denying. 
we're going against the grain, which is clearly about like uh, a cat having sex because you know they have like uh, little like uh, uh, thistles on their penises that drag against the vagina. Oh my God, Buck! <laughs> what just <laughs> happened? They're like Rob Halford's a big supporter of PETA. That's all he's going here. Is all that? Oh my Lord! This is getting just ridiculous. I, I, I don't, keep going. Okay, how do you how do you move forward from thistles on the penis? <laughs> uh, so defiant, they'll never. Do you know? Do you know down. that uh, thistles from the penis was the working title for the Sentinel? <laughs> Continue. I, I, I did actually because I bought the Martin Poff Poff book. <laughs> Thistles on the penis, the behind the scenes story of the Sentinel. <laughs> it's a saga. Uh, okay. it's, it's 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 an apocalyptic tale of a man that has thistles on his penis. How mad is Julian Gill that Martin Poff is writing uh, books about individual songs? <laughs> uh. Oh, oh anyway, yeah. Do you want <laughs> look? The lyrics just get better. I mean, I don't rock hard, ride free all day, all <laughs> night. I think the rock hard is a penis.
the first side of the record, which I think is kind of important because it was the first side of my cassette. Sure. Uh, and this is back in the day before CDs and and, and all you kids with your streamings. Uh, yeah. Can, so, can I ask you a question yeah. about your, your cassette player? Mm-hmm. Did you have auto reverse? This did not. I had to in this in in the the blast of snow, like blasting, <laughs> blasting in my face. I had to like pull it down, and turn around, and cover me me Walkman. I had to cover me Walkman with with me body, and then open it up and flip the cassette, and then put it back in, and then keep walking. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, but the yeah. last song on side one, uh, it took me a while to warm up to, but it is probably one of my favorite tunes on the record now, and that is the Sentinel. Yeah, break it down. This is a a, a tale, a saga, a bit of a prog song. Yeah, it almost seems like it should be. Well, it it wouldn't work sequenced the way it is nowadays, where you you just basically go from beginning to end. This sure. works as a last song on side one. I can see that. But it, otherwise, it would have to be the last song on a record. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it's very kind of epic. Uh, Sworn to avenge, condemned to hell. You know what I mean? The Sentinel. Yeah. You know what's, what's interesting is that, that the uh, Rock Hard Ride Free is longer than this song, but the Sentinel feels yeah, oh, longer. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It probably seems a little more epic than it is, which I think was kind of the intent. But because because. Sure. Because it kind of has that thing where it kind of even starts off almost like telling a story, and then all of a sudden it kicks into the, but can't dinner dinner sworn to revenge, and you know it does the whole chorus thing, and then it repeats that, but then after the guitar solo, it has that kind of like broken down piece where it's like Rob Halford where he's goes into his robot voice and starts listening to three sides of the coin, and, and <laughs> he's like saying like you know, w- with which to steal his fate. Across his chest and scabbard's rest, the rows of throwing <laughs> knives, and then it builds up. Blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. Swan to revenge. <laughs>
silence, a silence falls as the belt ceases its chime. Upon the sign, the challengers with shrieks and cries rush forth. The knights fly out like bullets upon their deadly course. Screams of pain and agony rent the silent air. Amidst the dying bodies, blood runs everywhere. The figure stands expressionless, impassive and alone. Unmoved by his victory and the seeds of death, is Amazing. Oh, it's a great song. Oh, it's cool. So this guy like r- runs around. And he's got like ninety knives on him. Is what I understand from the the lyrics a little bit. Hey, he's a sentinel, he's re- man. He's, he's not, ready to fucking. He's throw not down. afraid of Metallian. Nope, not at all. Uh, he's gonna to fucking stick his dick in Metallian's ass and say, "Who's your daddy?" <laughs> ah. Hey, that's that's a little too much. All right, a little, too, a little much. too much. Sorry, I'll, I'll dial it back. Yeah, please. And the too too much. Too many thistles in that comment. I don't think that we, up to this point, did you ever think we would use the word thistle on this show? <laughs> We've made it 140 episodes and never once did I, I challenge think- any podcast to show that they have used the word thistle dick ever <laughs> prior to this. Guarantee we're innovators and we've just broken Hasht- new ground. Hashtag thistle dick. We might have to change it to thistles and dicks, the name of the show. <laughs> Cobras and fire. That'll be a sidecast. No, can't do it. <laughs> Damn it! We got another. <laughs> we got another call. Baco, can you do me a favor? Just don't answer your phone anymore when we're recording. That's the hotline, though. That doesn't matter. Let me tell you this much: on the hotline, there's never a, or there's never a song request. It's always a problem. <laughs> All right, side two. What do you got?
right, let's flip this motherfucker over. And we have got Love Bites. May I, may I take this one? Take it. Not a fan. This one is a very odd... It sounds like something that should be on Alice Cooper's Flush the Fashion album huh. or some kind of weird... It just doesn't work for me. I think it's a um, signature song for these guys. Wow, that's amazing. That, it, just, it, it just sounds not like Priest to me. It so, sounds like something... Um, well, it was single, the fifth too. song I ever heard from them, so it, well. <laughs> maybe that's why it helps, but <laughs> uh, it is a very... I don't know how to, I mean, it's not a pop song, but it's one of those songs that like when you hear it, you remember it and it's good and it sticks, you know, it's like, it's the best part of catchy, I guess. My quick, my one word review is just sucks. Okay. It's about vampires, I think. Yeah. No, it's about uh sucking dick. I th- I'm pretty sure. Oh. I'm kind of surprised you don't have a working title for this one. Did you? I mean, I have to uh, believe that there was a couple of you know different things besides love bites. Well, sure. And what do you now? You do understand when you're saying that I have working titles. This is these are actual working titles, right? It's not mine. Oh, of course, no. You don't make this stuff up for comedic no, purposes. No, this is from right. This is just <laughs> just from my research. Okay. Do you want to know what the, the first title was? Uh, I always do. Okay, it was Dick Hickey's. <laughs> <laughs> Thistle Dick and Dick Hickey's are going to. I, I just. I, I'm on Twitter right now. They're both trending. <laughs> Listen, I want to say this may be our dumbest episode. <laughs> That's an accomplishment. Holy crap! <laughs> it really is. I gotta say, Baco. I'm pretty sure that uh, later in life, when I'm in the middle of my supreme. <laughs> A Supreme Court nomination. This is going to block me getting there. This specific episode. This is not going to keep me off the court loose. <laughs> I said fizzle dick and I meant it. I can't wait. Every every day, it's like the Brent Kavanaugh thing. Every day there's just going to be an episode. They're going to go from 140 backwards on the show. <laughs> Oh, and play Lord. certain clips. Exhibit one, dick hickeys. Dick hickeys. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit two. Oh, my God. Did you sit in the basement and say dick hickeys? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have never said that in my hair. In my entire life. My hairdo is not something a serial killer would have. <laughs> I gotta say, Brent Kavanaugh, high school and college, not a good time for him. Well, it's not a very good time for him. <laughs> <laughs> now. That kind of sucks now, but uh, that's what getting married does to you. I, I don't know how this went sideways, but... but like, I love to be his wife or kids. I like how he brought his kids to the fucking thing. It's like, well, maybe you guys should leave now. <laughs> oh, anyway, back to Judas Priest and Love Bites. Can Please. I get into these lyrics yes. a little bit? Because uh, oh, uh, I would love it. I would we, love it. I, I want to do. I maybe we should just stick. We should just stick to politics. We we we're we, no good. We really at this should. Yeah, but, but let's do a whole uh, 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 thing on 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 the uh, on. Uh, uh, where the fuck are we How going? How to not I've get had, on the I've Supreme had... Court? We could we could uh, write a book on that. Uh, but yeah, love bites. When you feel safe, when you feel warm, that's when I rise. That's when I crawl, gliding, uh, gliding on mist. Hardly a sound. 
He sounds like Alice Cooper in this. No, love bites is a slang term in England that that, that doesn't, uh, uh, isn't really here in the United States. What, love bites? Yeah. Because Def Leppard Uh, used it too. They used it more in a pun. This song is a little more more deliberate, but uh, I love the song. I love the part where it goes. So let me throw it to you, and that is the number three on the list, close to Darling Nikki on the Filthy 15 PMRC, and that is. Eat Me Alive. Did Buckle. you know this This had a few working titles? Oh, good. Working titles that you've researched. Please. Yeah. Uh, one was Blast Me Jizz. <laughs> I thought that was a working title for Jawbreaker. Well, they're like Gene Simmons. They, they just kept trying to regurgitate something. But uh, <laughs> okay, another one was Swallow My Mangoo. <laughs> and the other one that I found was Your Mouth is Like a Naval Port Full of Semen. <laughs> Oh, my God. You peaked at that one. Wow. But they went with Eat Me Alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, why don't you break down the lyrics here? Because this is one of the most uh, not thought through songs I've ever heard. Before I do that, let me give you a quote from Rob Halford, because he talked about what was going on with Judas Priest around this time. Please. Rob Halford said, We were definitely being very hedonistic and having a great time. It was mm-hmm. the 80s. Yeah. It was the sure. great era of the metal decadence, and we definitely had our share of it. But mm-hmm. the, at the end of the day, we knew we had a record to do. So somewhere in the back of our minds, we made sure we were stable <laughs> enough and sober enough to get the job done to write a song called Eat Me Alive or a.k.a. Blast Me Jizz. <laughs> like I said, we're breaking down the lyrics like I've never had before. Both my mother and my father were very understanding and, and never even tried to get any of this stuff. But my stepmom, she was always like looking for reasons to punish me, take my music, take anything. Like she found some model glue in my in my room, which I use for gluing models, and she accused me of <laughs> sniffing sniffing model glue. I am so happy. That uh, I'm fortunate, I should say, that she never actually read these lyrics because this would have been more than enough a- ammunition throughout this record, especially this song, Eat Me Alive. It opens up with a line, wrapped tight around me like a second flesh of skin. Ugh. Cling to my body as the ecstasy begins. I'm not sure if he's talking about, like, uh, like, I don't know, actual skin on his dick or a condom here. Are you? I think he's talking about piss flops. <laughs> Gene Simmons knows. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Somebody just lost five IQ points in the last round. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll get a little further in the lyrics because Please. I do think it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. And, hey, no. and, and but I think we're getting to the line that actually set the PMRC off because they if, they do not deal in hyperbole or they did not. No, no, no. Do you know that's actually the term you were thinking about was tongue and bong. Tongue and bong. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! And by the way, uh, do not have a dirty butthole if <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to have tongue and bong. <laughs> I can't say that with straight face. Nobody okay, can so see you, your face. You, I'm just picking up. You just said tongue and bung. <laughs> I did. Okay, so the lyrics are gut-wrenching frenzy that deranges every joint. I'm going to force Ugh. you at gunpoint. Oh! 
Now, it sounds like he's going to put a gun to somebody's head while they suck his dick, but I'm pretty sure he's saying his dick is the gun. You know what that used to be called back in the 80s, right? The Kavanaugh. Listen, we had episodes pulled before. This one's definitely going down. I think we need a new list. Anyway, uh, they recreated an- another thing coming with the next song. What do you think? Now, how often did Judas Priest have co-writers? Because this one was a single and is written by Robert Halligan Jr., who I've never heard of before. I don't think it has anybody else from the band that wrote this. Yeah? You know, I'm, I, I I can't go that deep on Judas Priest to tell you how often. They did a lot of covers, I know, but I don't, I don't know about a lot of co-writes. I think this track is pretty unique because every track on this album is credited to Tipton, Halford, and Downing, except for this is just written completely by a guy named Robert Halligan Jr. Huh. So I don't know if he if he wrote the song for them or this song was given to them. What if it's like, like a, a, a pseudo name for Rob Halford? Robert Halligan Jr. That's like uh, is that his Richard Bachman, like Stephen King? He yeah, writes something like that. Sometimes. Yeah, some kind of weirdo thing. I mean, it, I'm not saying it is. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I make a just lot throws, of assumptions. Yeah, you do make a lot of assumptions uh, all the time. That's a recurring theme, uh, I think, going forward. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the song's all right, but I think you're right with your assessment. Yeah, I I, I loved it at the time. It's still cool, you know, with it's the right. band with the power. Can't keep it under control. Yeah, no, I I dig the tune. I there's almost no songs on here I don't like. Yeah, this was actually the second single too, with the third being Love Bites. So it was Free Will Burning, Heads Are Gonna Roll, Love Bites. I would have gone uh Love Bites first, Rock Hard, Ride Free, and I'm not sure what I would have done after that. Blast my jizz is number three. Blast me jizz. Blast me jizz. So after uh, some heads are going to roll, we get the the night comes down. Um, Probably the closest thing to a ballad on the record, but it's it's I like the tune.
So do you think that Night Comes Down is kind of like the break these chains of the album? It, somewhat? Yeah, sort of. I mean, it, it isn't sequenced quite in the exact spot, but right. uh, it, it, it's close to it. Uh, they definitely tried to replicate the 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 success of that record in 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 almost every way from album album cover producer to the sequencing of the songs i mean not not to the extent that like dio did if you know if you ever noticed that like dio's first four or five records all have nine songs uh they all have like a a quick hitter and then the second track is the title track and yeah uh, he followed a pattern very much with that and um they didn't quite you, Mike, go can, to that extent, but I, I'll tell you what, though, and I think that the opening track and all those Dio albums is a throwaway for me. Me too. Uh, really? I got, I got oh an, wow! I got an argument with uh, Wally on Facebook over the song "We Rock," and I'm like, that song it should be called "We Suck." <laughs> yeah, it's not a good song. Both of those I can just skip to the second track. Anyway, yeah, keep, the keep title track is always better than the fucking openers. It's always like some up-tempo piece of garbage right. that you don't really Correct. ever really want to hear. Which brings us to what is actually the last track on the song. I know there's like the title track after that, but it's just, it's really just more of a ring out chorus. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, which is the song "Heavy Duty," which is also the title of KK Downing's uh, book that just came out on Decapo Press, uh, and you can hear my interview with him on Cobras and Fire. Uh, just you know, go back in the episodes; you'll find it. All right, Paul. Can I tell you my opinion of "Heavy Duty" and "Defenders of Faith"? The, yeah, uh, of course, of course, you can. Okay, good. So hold on. Oh, wait, th- what? You know what? I'm taking your advice. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking the call this time. Carry on. Someone's disagreeing with my Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. Who cares, man? Okay, all right. So, not a fan. I don't think this is a good track on the album, and I don't think it's a good closer. But what say you? <laughs> you know what? I would never actually play this song by itself. It, but it's a great closer. It is the way to end the record. It sounds like it was written to end this album and, and lead into that whole Defenders of the Faith kind of chorus at the end, yeah. which sounds more like the end of the song than it does on its own song, like it's listed on the, the track listing. But uh, I, I think this is a good song to end this record. The, the Kurt Gooch of Judas Priest. <laughs> I just, yeah. So for me, it can end with Night Comes Down. I don't like the little Defenders of the Faith outro either. It doesn't do anything for me. It's almost like a reverse Hellion they threw that at the end because it just doesn't work. I don't know. Um, I, lo- I, I picked this album because I like it, but this is just not the part of the album that I like. Fucking Scream for Dead and ending with Devil's Child. Come on. That's a great closer. 
You know, I it's a great song, actually. But I think as far as when you listen to this record in sequence, in order, this feels like you're listening to the end of a record. Devil's Child could be put anywhere in that album. You know, it could be the first song, it could be the first song on side two, it could be the middle of either side. It's not a, a closing song. You know, I'll, I'll, I agree because as soon as heavy duty starts, it's definitely a closer because I just want it to end. <laughs> exactly. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 It should see, sound see we, like you're getting, you know. It's, it, you know, to me, Devil's Child is like that that scene in the middle of a movie, not not the credits. Sure. This song is the credits. Yeah, it's the credits because you leave. Yeah, you get up, you kind of like make sure you didn't leave too much garbage on the floor, and uh, <laughs> uh, if you did, you kind of kick it under your chair while you're walking out and. We're heavy duty. You know what the original title for heavy duty was? Uh, don't uh, forget to pick up your popcorn bucket. <laughs> That's correct. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, this has been fun, man. Great album choice. Uh, yeah, one of my favorites of all time. I never knew it was your paper boy. Yeah, this uh, th- soundtrack. Yeah, this is like I've referenced it like three times prior to this. This is the rec- the the cassette I was uh, uh, killing the battery in my Walkman with. All right, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. And you want to get out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here, Luz. Rock's not dead, but it's got two green dongs covered in thistles. <laughs> You listen to Big Bottom. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know what? The next time you pick a record, we're doing Spinal Tap. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 